0: Hey, Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel? Because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Rumeau, Springfield, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel.
1: Wow. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com.
2: Greg Pecco, Steve Reynolds, Jim Allsman, Larry O'Connor, and Dave DePasqua here with you. This is Tiger Talk and the first live edition of Tiger Talk this year. After 10 weeks, this season is over, and now we head on into the playoffs. We will discuss the 5A and 6A playoff teams tonight. We'll take a look at the 5A bracket, and we'll also get into Marble Newtown's matchup with Unionville this weekend, or tomorrow night, excuse me. And then tonight, uh, we'll go a little bit, we'll start off tonight a little bit with, uh, the Radnor game last week and Marple's victory there against Radnor. And I will go right to the first man in the broadcast booth. That is Dave DePasqua. And Dave, last week we discussed it a little bit, the the importance of that Radnor game and getting a home game for Marple Newtown this week in the playoffs. What did you like about that game last Friday?
3: I loved the way Joey Paoletti took control of the team, he utilized read option, had several good fakes, went set up the play action going over the top. What Coach Gicking did against Ratner is something similar that I'll talk about later, and that's time of possession. They ground and pound last week. They utilized Brian Jocelyn to complement Charlie Box. And you saw the deep pass threat. I said they needed somebody else to step up on the outside, and they had two sophomores. Nieuwescholtte went up and got the six-four wide receiver inside the five, and Eric McKee from 50 yards out to score a touchdown for the Tigers.
2: Dave, thank you. Love teeing one up for you to kick off our Philly Pretzel Factory Tiger talk, and I'll move next to to the man that stands next to you in the booth, Steve Reynolds. Steve. What did you like about last week's game against Radner and what you can take away heading into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, Greg, it was an important uh, win to get back on track after the half or the loss. Um, but Dave's really hit on all of it. Um, getting the ball to that Brian Johnson, changing it up a little bit. We know Charlie Box is the man, number two in the backfield. But getting it to number four, Brian Johnson, he pounded up the middle. We saw a little bit. The wildcat formation, their hog formation, I like to call it. Um, and he even got downfield, um, in that tip pass, uh, that was intended for, for He was right there, right, uh, right, right there at the right time. Um, and what I really liked is Joey got the ball downfield. We didn't see it a few times in their, uh, losses. There's three losses out of four weeks. Um, him getting the ball downfield and he was able to get downfield, uh, spread out the defense. Um, but, you know, as Dave said, that time of his possession was huge. We pounded the ball, opened up stuff uh over top where Paley was comfortable, and he found his guys, and I look forward to, uh you know, more of that tomorrow.
2: Thank you, Steve. Moving next, uh, another one of our crew members here with TRN, Larry O'Connor. Larry, you know, I'll open up the floor to you. There's a lot to like about last week's game, but what is the one thing you'll take away from, from the 10 game season here so far that, that you've found that Marple Newtown really allowed them to be 7 and 3 this year?
4: Obviously, when you look at it, Greg, uh, Marple had a big start, starting off the season undefeated. Um, like Steve said, they faltered a little bit here, three, uh, losing three of the last four weeks, but, um, going back to the Ryder game, I think, I think the biggest thing I take away from how they ended the season and how they started the season. Ending the season against the Radner team that when you look back at last year, you lose once at home in overtime and you go on the road in the district first round of district district playoff game and lose in the first round to Radner, it's a tough taste to get out of your mouth. I think the way they um came out and took control of this game early on and then made the plays at the end when they did to against Radner here last game of the season. I think it's gonna be a really uh really motivating win for the Tigers moving into the playoffs. Thanks, hey, Larry. Larry. Yeah, Dave. I just want to
3: say, I think we found that number two, Charlie Pox, is the man. (laughs) From From beginning of the year to the end of the year, he does it all for Marple Newtown. Defensively, he's got eight interceptions. Offensively, he leads a team in receptions. He leads a team in rushing. He's the go-to guy. And Dave, I think I speak for
2: both of us from a play-by-play standpoint and all of us here from a radio standpoint. It's nice to have a very simple name to call, uh, during a game and during a broadcast.
3: Uh, <laughs> you got that right.
2: <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll move over to Jim now and, and the executive producer of, of Tigers Radio Network and Jim, the uh, not to beat a dead horse. I think the Jim and or Steve, Larry, and Dave hit it the nail on the head. We'll move kind of to to what you need to see heading into this Unionville game. The kind of what the the places not necessarily maybe they have to overcome, but what they need to tighten up heading into this this first playoff game.
0: Well, I think some people would be surprised to hear me say that the offense needs to tighten up. Um, two of the touchdowns against Radner were touchdowns that. Um, you know, 14 points came off of these plays that were just sort of the ball bounced the right way. Now, I know there's, on the other side of this line, uh, my colleagues are rolling their eyes so far back into their head that they might lose their eyesight. Hopefully, they'll, they'll regain it for tomorrow. But, um, you know, <clears throat> the Vacholte touchdown was this one that he kind of went up for. It was a jump ball. Okay, he came down with it. The second touchdown... Um, was one where um, it was going to one player and, and box happened to be in the right place at the right time. And defenders stopped. They stopped on the film. They literally stopped. They stopped playing and it fell in the box's hands and he ran into the end zone. That's 14 points. So you take away 14 points. It's a 14, 14 ball game. I think the game was a lot closer last week than what my colleagues have described. Um, and so when you're up against a number nine and you're a number eight, I think that you need to play tighter offensively on offense. And I am quite certain that coach giggin would agree with me. And I don't think that would be gamesmanship. So, um, you know, uh, they, they just got to clean that up a little bit, the passing game <clears throat> and, the, and these long balls, you know, they can't be underthrown. They can't be overthrown. Um, you know they got to be on point now. It's the playoffs. Everyone's o and o, and the records go out the window. So, thank
1: and, you, Jib.
2: Steve, go ahead and chime in there. I I, I know uh, I know you want to yes. get this kicked off. I'm,
1: I'm regaining my eye, eyesight as we speak. Uh, no, I'm playing. Um, talking about those, I'm going to talk about offensively. You got to hit on all your throws if you're Joey Paletti, and I know earlier in that game. They tried to get um I think it was third down, they tried to get a wheel route to uh Charlie Box. And it was a little underthrown, broken up. It was uh, he was wide open, but it was underthrown, allowed the defender to come up, break it up, you know, to punt it away. In an eight nine matchup, uh, teams are similar similarly um, you know, in terms of um, you know, their style of play. Um we'll get in that later. But um, very easily matched up, I should say. And you got to take advantage of each opportunity you have tomorrow night. And that's going to be huge. That's going to be, you know, after that play, Joey got into his groove. We talked about, you know, hitting his guys in stride for some touchdowns. McKee, Vacholte, um, Joslin on that tip pass. But also the secondary. Um, I know there was –
3: That's uh, what I was going to bring up to you, Steve, because there were opportunities for Radner. Yes. And they were open. Yeah, Mobile's gotta tighten that
1: up. We had one drop ball um by number three, uh Dave. I can't think of his name off top Beck, my head.
3: I believe. Yes.
1: Um he dropped one. hands ends up getting one later in the game, uh, to give them fourteen points. Um, but there was some breakdowns in the secondary outside on the corners that um obviously need to be tightened up. I know Coach Young, Coach uh Harry Gicking will uh correct that and uh, again um, your margin for error gets so slim, even in this round of 16 uh, in an 8-9 matchup. It's like you're playing a 1-16. Um, so, yeah, there are two areas that definitely have to improve going into tomorrow.
0: And let me let me just correct myself because these guys don't think I do that. That first pass was in a key and uh that was the jump ball I was talking about. So that was an excellent play. And 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 uh you know, you know, that that defender got mossed, right? We see that on Monday Night Football. <laughs> um and then it was it was Joslin who, who was there at the right time at the right place, so that that was my fault. I said box. But I, I just wanted to make sure. So that was both gains of fifty and fifty one. I mean, that is just really you know and, and that second touchdown, I can't say this enough. I mean these guys stopped and that is I know both of those coaches don't teach that style of football of just stopping, right? So I know that you know either one of those coaches would have been you know really like, oh my gosh, that's not you know You got right. to you, you got to keep going until the whistle finish burns. the so, play hundred percent. So. Again, I wanted to correct myself, but go ahead, Greg. Sorry about that.
2: Well, in any event, we're going to take a break here. We're going to get into the district playoffs. We'll take a look briefly at 6A and the Delaware County teams that are involved there, and then we'll move kind of into the meat of 5A, which is where Marple Newtown is. So we will step aside for just a minute. You're listening to Tiger Talk, presented by the Philly Pretzel Factory.
0: Hey, Tigers fans. Did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel because they have authentic genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly pretzel factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack and you can be sure that the Philly pretzel factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations including Broomall. Springfield, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. You're listening to the Tigers Radio
1: Network on Football.com.
2: Greg Pecco back here with Jim Alzman, Dave DePasqua, Larry O'Connor, Steve Reynolds. We brought out the whole battery of TRN uh, for this playoff edition of Tiger Talk, and it's our first live broadcast, so thank you for listening in, presented by Philly Pretzel Factory. Before the break, we were discussing last week's game for Marple Newtown, rounding out the season with a win over Radnor. Now we're going to take a look at the District 1 playoff teams for Delaware County in 6A, you have Garnet Valley. They will host Owen J. Roberts, the only home game for a Delco team in 6A. Habiford will head to Springford, tough matchup there, and Ridley will travel to CB West, which is an old power from late 90s, early 2000s. And in the 5A division, you have Academy Park hosting and o- J. Roberts. Strathaven also hosting Upper Marion. Penwood and Radnor matching up. We have the Marple-Unionville game. Chichester going to Kennett. And Springfield, as the sixteen seed heading on the road to Cheltenham, which I think all of us here would say, if you would have told us Cheltenham was number one uh in the in the five a to start the playoffs uh, at the start of this season, we would have kind of questioned uh you heavily on why that would be um, all in all guys, ten teams from Delaware county in the- in the five a six a playoffs um, and we'll take a look at those. I do have um a question though and i'll start with i'll start with jim since we kind of talked about this last week the state of delaware county football this is the first time since 2013 a delaware county team isn't number 1 in the second highest division in the district first time ever since the creation of 5a you know is this a trend or is this a one off jim
0: no i don't think i i think everyone knows how i feel about this if they've been listening you know so far and my guys you guys know i I don't this is a trend this is not a one off i i you know the landscape has changed, and um you know we've seen it we've seen it in front of our eyes over the last not just decade couple decades now um, so um, you know this is what it is and right. uh, I, think-
2: I I tried to go through it today too and and look at what the totals uh in terms of teams from Delaware County getting in and even teams from the Central League. And now with the expansion it's so difficult to not make the playoffs. Um it's more difficult to not make it than to make it. Um Steve, I want to get your take on this um since you and and I'll, I'll go right down the line and go to Larry and Dave. Um but I'll start with you since Jim and Dave were both on the call last week. Steve, what's your take overall on you know the landscape of, of football in Delaware County and, and what might be contributing to it? I know you're heavily involved in Marple Junior Tigers.
1: Yeah. Um you could always go back to you know, youth sports, not to getting the numbers out there. Um being involved with Marple Jr. Tires, I haven't seen numbers drop that much. I know flag football is kind of the new thing out there. Um but in terms of uh you know not seeing uh, Central League or Delaware County team at the top, the five A um I don't want to say I disagree with you, Jim, because you know we kind of do see that trend there. But we also have in the past couple we years seen Academy Park up there. Um, I think Springfield was up there um, a couple of years ago. Um, so, Steve, just,
2: I'll, I'll I'll interject real quick. Yeah. I'll ask you in terms of you, you said you haven't seen the numbers drop too much at the at the junior level. It, have, is there any way to tell to what extent? you know, football has become someone's second sport that they might, by the time they get to high school, not participate in?
1: Well, we've seen a lot of kids playing baseball all year round. And okay. That's like, you know, <laughs> fall, fall ball. Um, so I, I have seen that drop. And, you know, even Coach Gicken will attest to that. Um, obviously, his main guys will who play baseball are going to play football. But, you know, sometimes you lose kids. Huh? And you can talk to other coaches around the Central League Um, you know, these guys want to play fall baseball. Um, you know, and, you know, you'll talk to a lot of athletic directors, a lot of coaches about playing multiple sports, how how much better it helps you. Um, but that's just one of the things where, you know, I can definitely attribute to, you know, the drop off here. Right. Um, and also with the concussions, all that with you sports, you're always going to hear that, but it's not to a point where, oh my God, football is going to be gone in a couple of years. We're not at that point yet. Um, yeah.
0: No
2: way. No. no. Larry, I'll, I'll move over to you, and I'll, I'll start with a little anecdote it, in, in terms of, of you know, drop off and losing kids. And I know Coach Gicking has implemented a scheme, an offensive scheme that that brings kids along, you know, to to play very dynamically. But the one anecdote was I I heard from down the line, and I won't use any names, but I heard in Ridley that you know. There was – the coach asked a, a very good athlete who I had coached in baseball why he didn't come out for the football team. And he just – he said he didn't know, but his his father basically told him he should have said, well, you don't throw the ball to receivers anymore because he's a receiver. So, you know, scheme sometimes can dictate that too. But, Larry, I want to get your take on it from there.
4: Absolutely. I think – I think at the youth level, a lot of these kids – they just want they just want to be involved and touch the football and I, I think I don't know Ridley's Ridley's been under Dave Dave Wood been running the with a triple option, so a lot of times you see see um see see receivers not getting in the game getting involved in the game as much, being used more as blockers, more as decoys. Um you see it a lot in uh in college where, where a lot of receivers maybe go to a I use a use a example of a military school because Army runs triple option and some of these receivers are talented, but these guys just don't get film and everything, but it's a, it's a viable thing. Um I, I think, I think what Chris Gickens doing in Marble's is good. He, he's implementing uh, the same offense running at all levels, so you're getting these kids in, you're getting these kids familiar with some of the plays that they're running are are similar to what's being run at the high school level, so I think that's definitely a positive with keeping these kids involved, but I think, I think there's There's been a little bit of a shift, like Steve mentioned. Other sports, baseball. I think a little bit, a little bit of it has to do with some of the parents, some of the parents being worried about just, just what we've been seeing in the news with football and concussions and stuff like that. I think, think it's scaring a lot of parents and they don't want to, they don't want to get their kids and maybe not want, want their kids to be getting concussions at the youth level and stuff like that.
1: And Larry, I don't want to cut you off. Sorry, Greg, but. We can talk about the concussions and all that all we want. Nowadays, you know, your kid's a sophomore, and if he's not getting on the field, parents are complaining and right. complaining. And that, they're, uh, my kid's not playing. I mean, back when you know I played, it's you know, it's like I got on. Yeah, I was scout team. You know, I wasn't good enough sophomore year to get on the field, but I was still going to work my butt off right. to get on the field junior and senior year. So, kind of entitled mentality uh, coming from these parents, um, and you can ask that across the board. Now, what Coach Gitkin does great that you might not see at a Strathaven where or a Ridley, uh, so much more of a Strathaven where they just run a Wink Tate, same personnel, 11, maybe 12 guys. Coach Gitkin, you'll see personnel packages on his different uh, formations, you know, three, four guys running a, a play, subbing them out. So he gets a lot of guys involved, rightfully so. A lot of sophomores, which is right. just going to help them. But there's certain cases where these sophomores, and I don't want you to pick on sophomores, but you know, <laughs> uh,
2: it's a tough year in high school. But it, it, no, I t- t- to your point, to your point, everybody, I think it's a broader thing. It speaks to a, uh, to, to all sports to, to extent is parents put out a lot of money for their kids to play sports. They ex they have a certain expectation on that return of investment. Sometimes that clouds the idea of, hey, go out there and earn it. The other aspect is and and yeah, football has concussion issues. Baseball right now has arm issues. There's 14, 15 year olds that, you know, we're seeing Tommy John surgery blow up amongst teenagers. It's one of those things where I think every sport has their injury. It just depends on what your cost benefit is as a parent. And and Dave, I'll 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 go over to you on this one um, real quickly before we kind of get into the bracket and some of these matchups. Um, with all of that, you know, we discussed it a little bit this this week. I just want to get your take on some of these newer aspects that we brought in.
3: In regards to just what? The playing of yeah, the system? The, the,
2: the kind of the state of, of, of football in the county and these teams and, and kind of just your take on the what Steve and Larry have brought into the discussion.
3: Well, just from the standpoint of what Coach Gicking offers, when he came to Marple Newtown, Marple under Coach Junta ran the wing T, and then he just transformed the offense and had a tra- transition period of throwing the ball. And Larry, Steve, you guys played at the high school level. Throwing the ball attracts more fans, has more eyeballs, and it's a lot more fun to announce from my perspective going deep down the field. And it has that attention factor. But yes, you're going to have multiple student athletes playing multiple different sports. And some parents aren't going to feel like that. Some people are going to be tired. It's a crab shoot, especially at the high school level. There's going to be politics. There's going to be several different factors. Some kids just don't want to play anymore. Sometimes you're playing Steve at the Marple Junior Tigers level. You're playing since first grade. You get to high school, you get burned out, and that's another factor. Yeah, Am I wrong?
1: That's a very, very important factor. You, know, you start at five, sometimes four years old. You, you get burned out. Yeah, you really do. Um, and, you know, what we try to do at the Marple Junior Tigers level, we get these guys prepared for high school to kind of get them to know what that workload is going to be, but at the same time make it fun because once they get up there, once you get in high school nowadays, and how it's really always been, it's it's a full-time job. And, heck, if you want to play in college, that's a whole nother level um, of, of commitment. And what we didn't hit on is, you know, when we want to talk about um, Delaware County teams in these brackets, you uh, Talk about these private schools. I know and you know, it that irks me. I know it irks a lot (laughs) of these public school coaches, um, you know, of these guys coming in from private schools picking up these uh kids from these towns, um and stealing them to go over to, you know, whether it's an Episcopal and a lot of times prep. it's not
2: just for football. They're going there oh, for other yeah. sports lacrosse, basketball, wrestling. Um,
0: well, not only you that. You name it. it. Not only that, Steve, but some of the things that we even learned just very recently this season. Yes. And we won't even get into that because we, no, we, we would blow the top off of that. But, but, but rest assured, I'll plant the proper seeds where they need to be planted.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I want to say, Coach Gicking, since this is Tiger Talk, he's done a great job of getting a uh, good amount of kids at Marple. I mean, you're talking about getting a lot of, uh, St. Annie, St. Pius, these Catholic school kids that would typically go to a Caro, or maybe a private school. He's getting them to come to Marple, which is huge. Uh, yeah, you're losing a few good key players here and there, which he wishes you could get, but, um, longer he sustains his success at Marple, uh, you know, he's going to start getting everyone to come over.
3: And that's what he talks about, Steve, culture, commitment, and success. Kids are going to want to come.
2: And Great point, Dave. With all of that culture, commitment, success, you know, Coach Kicking has come here and the program has been in the playoffs. They are again this year, and we'll use that to transition into that 5A bracket now. And I'll run down it kind of quickly here. Cheltenham at the top, they are going to bring Springfield in, as we mentioned earlier. Marble Newtown and Unionville are right below them, so they're in the top half of that bracket is Marple Newtown. Potentially with a win, they face maybe the top seed in the in the district. You have Kennett and Chichester, four and thirteen, Strathaven five, Upper Marion twelve. You have Westchester East, Westchester Henderson. They just the Westchester teams are, are starting to crop into this district bracket more often now each year. You have Rustin right below them against Upper Dublin, Academy Park and Oxford, and then Penwood and Radnor rounding out the bracket. And I'll go right down the line here, uh, and start with Dave. You know, with, with those teams, Dave, what do you find is the most intriguing matchup?
3: In the first round, I think, I don't want to be biased, but I think the 8-9 because both teams are so even in terms of their schedule, how they played. And I, th- I really think that outside of the 8-9 matchup is very top-heavy. I don't know about you other guys, but that's how I feel going into round one.
2: Larry, aside from that Marple game, what would you say is probably one that you're, you got your eye on?
4: Greg, I'm, inter- I'm, I'm interested to see how, how Springfield goes uh, up to Cheltenham and takes on number one to see the talked. I mean, Springfield's had a down year. We talked about how surprising it's been for Cheltenham to be in that position. I don't think Springfield's going to win that game, but I, I I could see them really giving them a game up there, uh, giving them a little bit of a scare as a 16 seed going up there and playing Cheltenham.
1: Steve, who is it for you? Yeah, I mean, i got to agree. It's Marple Unionville. Um, that Cheltenham. a lot of people, you go on the message boards on PA Prep, you, you'll see that a lot of people are saying it's going to be closer than you think. Um, you know, Springfield just did take Upper Darby to a 6'8 team to overtime, you know, we know Upper Darby missed the playoffs. Um, obviously, if they were 5A, they would have made it. But, I mean, looking down this list, as Dave says, very top-heavy. Some will say maybe Penwood rather. I just think Penwood is too strong. They're passing attack, good quarterback over there. So, toughest matchup is going to be for Marple Newtown as its higher seed. Um, and I think that's going to be the most intriguing matchup.
0: Jim, for you? Ooh, I got to tell you, I like the 8-9 and I'm not being biased because that's our game. I do. I I think it's so interesting. I, I don't know what to think of any of these matchups because I'm just not sure anymore. What league is good, you know? Right. Um, based on the, some of the things that we were talking about, I mean, part of this, I feel like part of this podcast, this, this, this particular episode is, uh, almost like, uh, we were giving a lesson on young parents, what to do with their kids <laughs> with, with, uh, you know, schooling and whatnot. Um, very interesting, but the um, I will tell you, I agree with the Cheltenham-Springfield matchup. Springfield's going to be a tough out, man. I can see them being very similar to Marple-Radner last year. Um, I like Cheltenham because I, I think I have to because they're the number one, but they're going to be a tough out. That's a well-coached team. Yeah, I would agree out.
2: with that because I think I look at that and – you know, Cheltenham's a team that you. Do, this is the first time I recall seeing their name really in the playoff, and I eyeballed kind of the last couple of years. And Springfield has a history of being in the playoff, so you got to weigh experience in that as well. Um, but I also, think yeah, those those first two games, one sixteen eight nine, uh, are most intriguing. It probably will lead to a very intriguing second round matchup.
0: Yeah. Also, I'd like to say that I think East will be the clear winner over Henderson. Um, but I like Chichester over Kennett. That's, see, that's a matchup where I don't think Kennett has really faced any opponent. So, we, we shall see. Go ahead. Greg. All
2: right. That will bring me in. Jim, I'll stick with you and we'll go backwards now. In terms of the team in six, teams in 6A and 5A from Delaware County, who do you see lasting the longest and going the furthest?
0: In Delco, uh, I'd have to pull up 6A. I don't have the 6A grid. In the
2: so you, it's Garnet Valley versus OJ. Haverford yeah. at Springford and Ridley at CB West, and
0: so Ridley will lose. Haverford will lose. They don't. Haverford doesn't care outside of the regular season. They don't. <laughs> As care you
2: mentioned up. last week, yeah. Well, well,
0: <laughs> yeah. I, if I mention it, I mean, we, I, I, I love my community. I love living here. Those people do not care about anything outside of week 10. The only thing that they care about right now is Thanksgiving day. And then to them, football season's over. Like you have to even tell them, Oh no, there's actually football and you know, like college NFL and Super Bowl's going to be played. Like none of these people here, they're, they're, uh, they're humanoids. They don't, they don't understand anything outside of week 10. Um, So, and I can say that I live here. They're just, I don't, I, you know, the whole coaching staff, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So, I like, uh, so Ridley, no, I don't see them, I don't see them competing. That's not, you know, it's not your father's Ridley. Literally, it's not your father's Ridley, Greg.
2: Right. No, I, it, it's um, not even, it's not even my Ridley at this point. Um, Haverford, right. at
0: some point when they, when they regroup, they're going to get a new AD at some point. It's very soon. They're going to get a new coaching staff very soon. And then hopefully they haven't bled out all the town out of this community, but they'll, they'll be back. So then well, I really do like, um, I really do like. I, and I I tell you that Trey Blair's unbelievable. They're going to lose. They're going to they're going to get on the bus. They're going to go to Spring Four. They're going to get sleepy and they're going to lose. And it's only <laughs> it's only Trey Blair. And then I think I think Garnet Valley. So they shouldn't
2: be playing lullabies on the
0: bus. Then they no. need to
2: be playing something heavy. Right. Keep Trey, those kids awake.
0: But but I do like Garnet because they're they're you know they're the class of the county and uh, I mean it's a good pro. I mean. As much as I want to not like them, I can't. I mean, it's it's hard not to like what they've done down there. It's a big, big time, huge, and yes. you know, they have huge numbers, so they, they do well. And I see them going. I don't know if they'll get to the 6A district final. I don't know. They they always seem to fall kind of short of the of the state tournament. Semi-final area. Yeah, semifinal area.
1: The semifinal area. Yeah. Steve? Well, looking at the bracket here, um, You've Got to like Garner Valley, you know. You got the and J. They'll win that. Then they have either Abington, Plymouth, White Marsh. You think, you, you know, they'll probably win that. And then you got semifinals, Coatesville, where you know that's a tough matchup. Fright, you know. that's a tough out. <laughs> yeah, Um Ridley. I don't see him getting by CB West. And then Haverford, Springford, Springford. That's a tough program too. They're eight and two this year. They're obviously the five seed. But <laughs> you always say you need one game breaker and. We saw Trey Blair, um, and if he can get going, I mean, I know Spring uh, Haverford a couple years ago when they had Donahue, um, even Jack Ruane. I know when they – but a couple years ago when they um, – and I, I and to your point, uh, Jim, they, I think they might have been looking forward to that undefeated Central League matchup against uh, Upper Darby for the Central League title. But that year they were a very good team. They lost in the first round. I think it was to Perk Valley who had that quarterback. Um, but if there's one upset in both these brackets, um, I would say Haverford over Springford just because of that trade Blair factor. Um, them reading, running that read option um, and, and him his ability to pass the ball and just break free. I mean, we saw Marple Newtown bottle him up for the first quarter, even the first half, but. He needs one crease and it's bye bye. So, um, and their defense is very good. So, Haverford uh, can make some noise there. Uh, but Garner Valley, I think their path to the, at least the semifinals is uh, very doable.
0: Yeah, and I think I think that Haverford will make some noise in the first game and still lose. So, yeah, I I
2: look at these brackets and Larry, I'll, I'll get your take here in a second. And I kind of dive down into five A since you guys were. You know, Six A Garnet Valley is the class, and and that's probably the the best odds-on favorite. But looking at the matchups, I, I really believe Academy Park, Larry, or Endor Strath have a shot to get to the semifinal. Just looking at how these matchups go, and maybe further.
4: Absolutely, this this five-day uh, bracket is going to be really intriguing. You yeah, got Academy Park, who's is, is a really strong team. I really like Penwood too. I think they're going to beat Radnor. Um, Radner in the first round. I don't have the bracket in front of me, so I don't know
2: if you can... Penwood Penwood, Radner gets Academy Park Oxford winner. Yeah. Strathaven plays Upper Marion, and they get the Kennett Chichester winner in that second round. Um, when you get further into that semi, now you're talking either Cheltenham or Unionville or Marple at the upper half for Strathaven, and then for AP, you're looking at probably Westchester East or Westchester Ruston. Um, getting in there if they get by Penwood or Radner.
4: Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) I think the 5A is really intriguing. This is the top, top three here from, from Delco here. AP, Stratham, and Penwood. They're all strong. They're all good in their own right. Academy Park just always seems to reload. They always got guys in skill position. Penwood, just the strength at the quarterback position alone, I think they're gonna, they're gonna make a strong push and see if any of these teams from either 6A or 5A from Delco can Call it what it is. Get to the Super Bowl of uh of districts because once they get past districts and win the district title, it's it's going to play, it's going to play somebody big out there uh, for states.
2: Dave, real real quick, who who do you think? And then we'll we'll take a quick break and we'll get into the Marple Unionville game.
3: I always come back to the quarterback. Penwood's got the best quarterback in the area. I go with them. They're going to go the farthest.
2: Dave's calling his shot there to to end this segment. So we'll step aside. You're listening to Tiger Talk presented by Philly Pretzel Factory. We'll be back in a moment. If you suffer from back or neck pain, injury or headaches, then Dr. Tom Graziano and the Advanced Chiropractic Center are here to help. Dr. Graziano and the Advanced Chiropractic Center have been serving Delaware County residents for over 15 years. They take a gentle approach and utilize current techniques to help manage your pain. To address your back and neck-related pain or injuries, call the Advanced Chiropractic Center today at 610-356-2300 or visit drtomgraziano.com and tell them the Tigers Radio Network sent you.
0: Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel.
1: You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com.
2: Greg Pecco, Jim Allsman, Dave DePasquale, Larry O'Connor, and Steve Reynolds here with you for our final segment here of our first live Tiger Talk presented by Philly Pretzel Factory. And we are going to get into the Marple Town unionville matchup, 8 versus 9 in at Marple Newtown this weekend. And this is their... First meeting since 2017, which was a playoff matchup in the semifinal. Marple lost on the road 36 to 21. The Tigers are 2 and 3 all time versus Unionville. And Pat Clark, the head coach of Unionville, is a former Marple Newtown head coach from 1998 through 2002. And, you know, two years ago, there's not too many seniors that, you know, there was a lot of seniors on that team. There's not too many players on this team that would have played in that game. Steve, I'll start with you, though. To what extent, you know, you having been in a playoff game at, at some point in your football career, was there ever a situation for you where you were trying to get back at a team for something that happened before you were there?
1: Um, well, funny you say, one playoff game I was in was against Unionville. Um, back in 06, Pat Clark's return to Marvel for the first time. We ended up losing that by a point. Um, I've never been in the position where, you know, you're playing someone, we played someone in the playoffs, getting back at them. Uh, but Marple has, um, a few years back, um, if you remember that you, uh, Upper Moreland, they lost, uh, I think coach kicking second year to them, very close game. They had an opportunity to play them two years later, Anthony Paletti, senior year. They were going against a 10 and 0 Upper Moreland team. Uh, Marple was, Six and four going into that game. Um, and they went in there and they handled them. Um, you know, they beat them by a touchdown, but they controlled that game. So, um, I'm not sure how strong of a 10 and a team they were, but to, they had that edge to pay back, uh, when they were sophomores, um, losing to upper more at upper more. And so they went in there and they beat them. So definitely a revenge factor. Um, I know. Coach Gickens preaching that to his guys. I know the guys from 2006, the guys from 2017 are going to be there tomorrow night. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, so, you know, I definitely think that revenge factor plays a role, but at the end of the day, um, it comes down to game plan, comes down to execution, uh, mistake free football. Um, all that's good and all leading up to the game all week to get your guys fired up. But once that ball is kicked off, it's, you know, plain old football. Larry. I'll,
2: I'll move to you. What, what do you expect from Marple Newtown tomorrow night? And for that matter, Unionville, uh, when they finally tee it up.
4: I think it's going to be a good matchup. I think, uh, it's going to be a close game. Um, I think one thing Marple did well last week based on watching film that they, they, they ran the ball well up, uh, up the middle. A lot of Brian Johnson mixed it up with Charlie Box. Um, and then obviously the big plays came on, um, came on the passes, but they in the second half, even early in the first half, they ran the ball really well. And, uh, if I could go back and attest to this, I, we can all attest to this, this Unionville matchup from a couple years ago. Um, going back, that's, that's when Marple was without starting quarterback, Peoletti, and I, they went down there and played a really, really tough game against Unionville. Uh, if I can remember right, I think they went out 14, 14 or seven points early in the first half. Um,
1: 14 nothing early. 14
4: yeah. nothing. Yeah. Really coached really well. By, uh, by Coach Kicking, I think Univille was, was just a stronger team for Marple, playing with the backup quarterback, but I think Marple's just going to have an edge about them tomorrow night. They're not going to like like knowing some of these kids that were on that team, knowing they could have won that game and gone to the semifinals for a second straight the year.
3: Dave,
2: I'll transition over to you and Steve mentioned it. There's a revenge factor with this game from, from two years ago, trying to, you know, Now you're home. Now you have the atmosphere that you want. You did your job last week. For you, that revenge factor. How much do you think it plays into it, or do you feel like you know it's it's now reset? Seven and three is over. We're zero and zero.
3: You can see both sides for that, Greg. But my point of view is that the majority of these guys on this Marple Newtown football team are siblings. You have Paoletti who's the younger brother, Anthony, who was the quarterback. There are several guys on this team that saw their siblings, and they saw the toll and the hard work, and I'm sure they're hearing at home, like, come on, get fired up. But from my perspective, you're zero-zero. Coach Gicking will have these guys prepared and ready to go. Forget what you did in the regular season. Get fired up for the playoffs. You worked all season for this. You have a home game. And you're going to have majority of this team. We only saw about 12 seniors on senior night. This is a young football team. A good amount of sophomores and juniors. And we talked about it last week. It was critical for the Tigers to have a routine. Have school that day. Have to sleep in your own bed. The same regiment. And that's going to be critical because now you're at home game. You're going to have a packed Primo Hokie Stadium for the Tigers. You're going to have... The bleachers will be filled, and Steve already mentioned, you're going to have alums coming back in the community because you know Coach Gicking is going to have everybody out for this playoff game.
2: Jim, we've been doing this now for over 10 years, and since Coach Gicking has come here, we've seen playoff matchups year in and year out with the exception of, of a few times. And one of the things I've noticed is it, there's always one team that Marple tends to have a, a little, you know, back and forth with over a couple years span, similar programs. It was Upper Moreland for a little bit. It was Strathaven in the first round for a little bit. You know, Unionville seems to be kind of falling into that now. And with the kind of the added factor of a former head coach coming back, you know, playing two years ago, and now you have a big weather change from what you guys have been experiencing and you're at home. How does that all add up for you?
0: Greg, <clears throat> it's Halloween, baby. <laughs> All right. Now tonight is Halloween. Tonight's the original Fright Night, right? Let me, let me, let me, let me cue up a little music right now. You hear what I'm saying? All right. Ooh, everyone hear that? Uh oh. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting a little scared. I hear some footsteps. Everyone hear that? Ooh. <laughs> hear this? Ooh. Ooh. Is that some howling? Oh, Hold on. Hold on. Now let me tell you something. A little MJ to get the mood going. <laughs> Tomorrow night is going to be not what everyone's thinking. It's going to be a game. You better show up, okay? You understand what I'm saying? Because this is not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Now, we are home. We're a higher seed. But I got to tell you, we're 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 leaning toward a fright night. We're leaning toward a fright night. The whole the A game's got to come out. You understand what I'm saying? If not, we're going to be hearing a lot of MJ. You know what I'm saying right now? So look, here's my man right here. And <laughs>
1: right, to that turn, point,
0: let me turn that. Right. Down. But you, you um, this is going to be not what everyone's thinking. Because I listen, guys. Honestly, I don't. And Steve will back me up on this. I truly don't know where we stand as a team because the Central League
1: stinks. It stinks. <laughs> now, Jim, Unionville is six and four, but listen to their losses. Four point loss to Westchester East, which is a very good team. Four, um 14 point loss to Cannon, who's a pretty good team. They were down twenty to fourteen at halftime, the coats ended up losing by thirteen. Um this is a tough scan. They, they got beat pretty bad by uh Rustin, who's a little you know, not that good this year. Uh for a Rustin team. They are the seventeen, but you know, usually a Rustin team is a little higher. Um should I certainly say they're not too good, but not as strong as they usually are. So four losses, but they're very good teams. Uh, that's chess tough. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do I hear MJ?
1: Uh-huh. Um, With that said You know As me and Dave talked about earlier If Marble can can stick to that game plan Of chewing up clock Pounding it You know Being balanced on offense um, You know It's going to be a tight ball It's going to go back and forth We might see a game like we saw A couple years back um, With Westchester East And that uh, triple overtime. I think it's going to be that type of game, coming down to the very last, you know, drive. Who has the ball last? Who makes the last, you know, least mistakes? So it's going to be a very, very. Steve, would you
3: agree that the Tigers have to make them throw the ball because they have a star tailback? And I'll get into this tomorrow on the broadcast. They want to pound it with Schilling, who is their tailback. He does it all for them, and they want to continue to run the ball. Are you going to think stack the box, make them throw?
1: I would. Now, you know, they are comfortable throwing. We've seen them spread it out. Um, they'll go three wide receiver, um, uh, with the wing back for extra protection. They'll also go out in the flat. Um, we've seen the eye formation of where they're comfortable in their, with their back. Um, so it's hard to really know though,
2: Steve. There's no film from Unionville uh, in terms of film sharing. It's, <laughs>
1: it's a scrimmage. No, so you know, you know uh, what? No, I was able to pull um, it off and find oh, it good. today. Good. Um, so. Uh, but as Dave said, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interesting. I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach, uh, Young, uh, leading up to this game. Uh. Um, Steve,
2: aside, aside from, uh, you not needing a sweat towel, what, what factor is, I'm looking at my phone here and it's showing 35 degrees tomorrow evening, so thoughts on effect, does that lead towards a lower scoring game and a lot of running on the ground? I mean, it not
1: depend. Yeah, I, I find it hard to believe. I mean, it's, it was 70 degrees today. So if it's dropping to 35, I mean, that's going to be the coldest game they've played in all year. So that could play a little bit of a factor. I mean, these Friday nights have been uh, pretty nice I mean, out. I mean, it's they've no been warm. More, yeah, 50s tops or, or the lowest. I mean, we I also call for 35 Jim, overnight. So, yeah,
2: good. Yeah, but it'll be ch- – I mean, the other thing, too, is I guess we really shouldn't question it. Marple's play calling in the weather. We, we know Coach Dicking would throw it, uh, at, at the South or North Pole if he had to. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know what I, he does. I, th- I think it won't, won't affect his play calling per se, but, um, sometimes those, we've been in some of those. I think I, there was a Strathaven playoff game about five, six years ago where it was cold and it led to a very low scoring game. It's, um, yeah. but in he's, any we event. We know he's um, going to throw. He was throwing last week to ice the game. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Larry, what do you feel is going to be the best matchup on the field to watch tomorrow evening?
4: Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to be uh, a big matchup up front. You know, Dave said they had mentioned they have a star tailback, and Marple has had a lot of success with Charlie Box and last week. Brian Jostham, I think it's going to be be a big game. Just getting the getting out early, setting the tone with the run controlling the clock either more like like we said it's gonna be a good matchup i think it's all i think think all about who steve mentioned it too whoever makes the fewest mistakes don't turn the ball over control the clock run the ball um both teams have shown they can do it and it'll be interesting tomorrow night i mean we know more can throw the ball but i think uh one of the biggest factors tomorrow night setting the tone up front
2: steve for for entertainment purposes only give me one thing that if uh you were a betting man; you'd put some money on.
1: Well, I would
2: say, aside from aside from a Marple win, that's an easy one.
1: And he does gamble WNBA. <laughs> I, I will say, Joey Paoletti will step back and throw it at least twenty times. <laughs> well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to give it to him in a close in a tight game. I mean, he's going to have to now in a typical game. Um, You're not really stepping of, out on a limb, buddy.
2: Friend of friend of the show, Christo Garavales has already texted you wanting that, Steve.
3: <laughs> <laughs> am
1: I am I out? Hey, of, Steve? Yeah, Dave. Go. Oh, Dave. So bad.
3: when you guys are talking about the weather, I just got an emergency flash flood warning in my area. The minute you just decide to talk about the weather and I just lost audio. So it's literally Greg right on cue talking about the weather, the rain playing a factor. My brother-in-law to is a
2: weatherman, so I must have uh, achieved some status in predicting <laughs> weather at this point. Uh, but anyhow, Dave, I was uh, I was asking Steve what he would put money on if he was a betting man for entertainment purposes only, and he said that Paoletti will throw 20 times tomorrow night. Um, so you guys can text about that later if if you want to get in on that. Steve, Jim, you, Jim, any hey, thoughts that's to- a lock. <laughs> jim any thoughts on uh on kind of what we might see that we're not expecting
0: well like i mean just, you know i just can't i can't believe that steve really went on a limb and said that anthony paoletti's arm will be a noodle <laughs> after the game i mean it's unbelievable um <laughs> you know um what i will say is is that this game will be every bit as close as that game in 2000 and and uh six i think this will be you know a lot of time has passed from the from Pat Clark's departure from Marple Newtown but um i think that this still holds a spot in his in his psyche where he wants to you know i i personally think guys like him every coach they as much as they would want to play at home they they would they they cherish the opportunity to go on the road a place where you know um they were essentially terminated from to prove a point. So this is going to be going to be close uh in as we expect 8-9. I'm not going to put any predictions out there other than I, I I don't think it's what you're going to expect um you know just because we have a home game cuz I right. I'm still lost as to what this league is. But I know this. Okay. I know this. It's All right. You, you you're going to have to you're gonna hear you're gonna hear this soundtrack. You're gonna hear thriller in your in your head a lot tomorrow. You're, it's gonna to be a thriller, ladies and gentlemen, all right? <laughs> that's that's a guarantee. All right, let me let me uh, well let me stop playing this before we get sued.
2: Well, I, I think and, and either way here, I mean Marple is gonna give everything they can, I think. We know that from Coach Kicking to to win a playoff game, to get a chance to play next week against Cheltenham or Springfield. Um, if it's at Cheltenham another Tiger alum will be up there uh, in Eric D. Pentima uh help, you know, working the PA booth at Cheltenham. Now there is you know, either way, it basically it comes down to for Marple Newtown and, and, and the team. Win and play next week. If you lose, then you're sitting around waiting for four weeks to play Pencrest on Thanksgiving. Uh I think proper motivation would be I'd rather not play on Thanksgiving, I'd rather keep giving it a go uh, and and making as deep of a run into the playoffs as possible. Steve, thoughts on that?
1: Uh, Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's tough. And this is the first time for any of these guys um, at Marple that are are going to be playing a Thanksgiving game. Now, you know, funny you should say that Pat Clark is the one that ended that Thanksgiving Day rivalry with um, Conestoga back in the early 2000s. So Coach Kicking wanted to bring it back. He finally did. So all these guys are new to this. So is Pencrest, too. And they're not in the playoffs, so they're kind of sitting around. And the way you prepare for that is a few practices a week. You don't, you don't practice every day. Um, and with, uh, winter sports starting, um,
0: well, the playoff system really put an end to it,
1: but that's, that's a bit of, but if you're the Tigers, that's the last thing you're thinking of right now is that playoff, is that, uh, Thanksgiving Day game. They're, They're trying to win tomorrow night. And I'll tell you what, that bracket. You know, with what people are saying about Cheltenham, I haven't seen them. Eric Petima, our, our um, a sideline reporter from a few years back, he's seen them play. He said they're very beatable. Um, Marple's in a t- in a nice spot because you know, and I want to get ahead of myself, but then you go to a matchup after Sheltonham between Strathaven or Kennett, You get there, two teams you've played. Um, Right, let slow down, buddy. Obviously. <laughs> but I, I'm going back to what you said, you know, who do you be going further here. But, uh, this, the matchup tomorrow night is huge. And, and as Jim said, it, it's going to be a lot closer than many people think. Um, on both sides, I mean, on the, on this, uh, PA Preps board, I've seen people saying Unionville blowouts. And then I've also seen people saying Marble Newtown has it's a home playoffs game. But, to yeah, but those, let's, sides, let's be honest a,
0: those games. Let's be honest, those people are, they're, they're basement dwellers in Delaware. You
2: took, you took the words out of my mouth, Jim, on that statement.
0: For the most part, they are. Um, the, uh, they're, 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 they're worse than Pennywise the clown. I don't (laughs) think those, those are losers.
2: We're pulling out all the Halloween references. Crumbs. Um, so with that, and, and, all four of you will be there tomorrow night, correct? Is Larry, you'll be on the sidelines, is that my understanding, or are we shifting that around? No, Larry Jim, yeah, Larry,
0: Larry. will be uh, working the sidelines and producing and engineering. Will be Eric Kelling, uh, class of 94 graduate, along with me. I'll be PA, and Sammy Snyderman will be doing stats. Steve will be in his normal position as color commentator and then bringing you to the game, our host, Dave DePasqua.
2: And then Jim, one other question. I, I know we had a text thread today and we're working on Thanksgiving as a broadcast for, as a program, you know, correct?
0: Yes, we'll pull a crew together for Thanksgiving the night before at Pencrest at, uh, you know, the usual suspects, but I haven't cleared it with this group and I also have to call several agents. You know how that goes, Greg.
2: Right. I just, I just wanted to put it out there because I know there were some questions sitting, uh, dwelling around. So I wanted to put that to bed as well from, for everyone there. So I do want to thank everybody for listening tonight. I want to thank, thank the Philly Pretzel Factory. As they just mentioned, tomorrow night, playoff game at Marble Newtown, 7 o'clock. You can listen to the game on MarbleNewtownFootball.com. Dave DePasco will be your in the play-by-play role. Steve Reynolds, your color analyst. Larry O'Connor on the sideline. Eric and Jim will be up in the booth producing and doing statistics and engineering. For all of them, I'm Greg Pecco. Thank you for listening to our first live podcast, and we look forward to bringing you more in the future. Have a good night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Tigers Radio Network, heard exclusively on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. Be sure to follow us online at MarpleNewtownFootball.com and on Twitter and Instagram at MNTigers. The Tigers Radio Network broadcasts, both live and archived, are the exclusive property of the Tigers Radio Network Incorporated and are produced for the private use of our listening audience. No rebroadcast in full or in part is permitted without the express written consent of the Tigers Radio Network Incorporated. The Marble Newtown Football Boosters Club and the Tigers Radio Network Appreciate your listenership. Go Tigers!